Welcome to In Conversation with. Trigger warning. This podcast references sensitive topics which may be upsetting to some listeners. Welcome to today's episode of the In Conversation with podcast. I'm Kate Milner, Corporate Social Responsibility Strategist at Siemens Canada. And today I have a pleasure to host the conversation on a timely topic that I believe is quite relevant to all of us, mental health. So before I jump into this topic, I would like to welcome my guest today, Anita Raviraj from the Canadian Mental Health Association. Pleasure to have you here with us, Anita. Thank you so much for having me. And Sandy Brackman, our employee and also Siemens Caring Hands employee committee member located in Calgary. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you, Kate. Glad to be here. So, Anita, I will start with you. To start our conversation, I would like to ask you a very common question. You probably hear it a lot of times throughout the day. How are you today? <laughs> That's a great question, Kate. Actually, it's a common question that we actually don't answer truthfully sometimes. I was just going to say I'm fine because it's a normal response that I tend to give back to someone. But I think this year, especially being in touch with our emotions was something that CMHA wanted to focus on. So our mental health week our topic, our main topic was being true to your emotions, name it, don't numb it and get real. And so I'm going to answer your question honestly and say, I'm actually feeling a bit tired. You know, I'm trying to be quite productive, but there's a lot coming through. So I'm feeling a little winded already. So I'm hoping I can kind of pick up that energy throughout the week. But I think it is important to kind of acknowledge what you're going through. So I'm going to throw it back to you, Kate. And how are you feeling? Thanks, Anita. I'm doing well, but I also was a little bit tired after the weekend. So now I'm gaining back my, my energy. Thanks for asking. I completely agree with you, though, that, you know, it's so easy to say I'm fine and leave it at that. We usually don't talk about our, you know, mental health, emotions or feelings openly very often. But when we talk about mental health, this is something that we should address, definitely. To tie with that topic, actually, I wanted to mention our Siemens Canada fundraising program, uh, Spring into Action. So the program that we did in support of your organization, Canadian Mental Health Association, your organization, your cause, the cause to fundraise for mental health services was uh, selected by our employee committee. This is the first year when everybody, everybody across Canada, everybody who's on our committee selected the same cause unanimously. So it's really, really great to see that this is the cause that was important to people. Absolutely. We were so happy to have Siemens Canada on board because with corporations across the country, getting involved with mental health and really bringing it out to the open, it just breaks down the stigma, right? And through the pandemic, all of us were facing challenges, whether you already had pre-existing challenges or it developed over the pandemic, we did see quite a few numbers spike up for our services and programs across the country. And there is about 1.6 million Canadians that don't usually get the health, mental health care that they need. And with the pandemic, it has skyrocketed. So for example, money raised went towards, for example, in Toronto, they have a lot of early intervention programs, public education. For example, in Nova Scotia, there are a lot of uh, support networks and 
programs and services along that line. And in Calgary, there is peer support or youth programs, mental addiction. So this is really great to kind of see just how wide of a spread there is in programs and services and how much you were able to contribute towards the actual community and their needs. Yeah, congratulations on the campaign. And I have to say it was uh, really great to be part of it. Our employees donated close to $30,000 and that was matched by Siemens. So the total contribution of $60,000 was made to your organization. So we're celebrating at Siemens Mm -hmm. and it's wonderful to know the impact that uh, your organization is making across Canada. Absolutely. And that's such an important question. I think more and more folks are asking that. How do we help ourselves when we are challenged with mental health and we, we need help? Just like physical health, mental health is just as important. So we are trying to address that with the government, with policy change makers, to try to make sure that we are covering mental health under the help system. This is something that has been constantly worked on and is CMHA's mission. We want to make sure that we're able to change these large policies that really determine whether someone has access or not. And we always say physical and mental, it's the same deal where you have to take care of your health and both physical and mental are encompassed under our well-being. So if you go on cmha.ca, we, we actually just got a new grand refresh website, which will help you navigate through our uh, programs and services that we offer at national, but also take you to your local CMEJ because they will be able to provide the help that you need and really understand what you need. And we always kind of offer this in terms of our CMHA. And if you're in a crisis, uh, please always contact one 456 4566 because this will be a line that has 24-7 care. And we always redirect anybody that is in dire need and really need the help or visit your local hospital or call 911 if you know someone who's going through some challenging times or also is struggling to the point where they need that access right away. But in terms of if you're feeling mild anxiety, mild stress um, to severe, we do have national programs in place to help support you through all of that. Thank you so much, Anita, for your great insights and very useful advice. I'd like to move to you, Sandy, now, as we will be talking about uh, Spring Into Action fundraising campaign and how you did it in Calgary. You also participated in the 330 challenge yourself. So you were very involved uh, and you are on the employee committee. So I would like to ask you first about the fundraising side of the program. How did you find fundraising for a new cause? Was it easy or difficult raising funds for mental health services? Thank you, Kate. This was the easiest fundraiser. And I think it's because it resonated with so many people. Every one of us knows somebody, you know, in our own families or friends or social circles that have struggled with some kind of mental illness or issues or struggles. So people wanted to give to help. And you did remarkable. So great to see that we got so many fans from employees in your location. And Sandy, you participated in the challenge. You stayed active. Please tell us, like, what activities kept you physically active and how did they impact your well-being? It probably saved me through COVID. So what I did working from home and I live alone. So that was a challenge. And I would find by lunch, just before lunchtime, I would feel this weird sort of 
anxiousness. And I've never had that before. But I think when you sit at the screen by yourself all day, it starts to have an impact. And so then I would get out on my bike and ride around the Glenmore Reservoir, which is close to where I live. And it's about, I don't know, 26 kilometers. It was so funny because I would come back and feel totally refreshed. Any kind of anxiousness was gone. And then I would be ready to go to work for the afternoon. So it was just a great break. Yeah. And um, Santi, I would like to say you sent us a photograph of yourself biking uh, with a beautiful background, uh, Rocky Mountains. (laughs) It was quite impressive. Sandy, you were one of the featured employees uh, in our Spring Into Action campaign. You were very involved in fundraising and in the 330 Challenge. You shared also your personal story about your involvement in the cause. Would you like to share it with us today? Absolutely. I am very grateful to be able to talk about this because I think the more of us that talk about our experience to whatever level we're comfortable, the better, because then we know that we're not alone. So this is a story about my son, James, who worked for a company that was very, very demanding. And he was a sales manager for a a branch. The company was 100% commissions. There was a lot of pressure to make the numbers. And of course, James being a young man, he's 31 now, But, you know, he was out to prove himself and and wanted to do a good job. And so he was working seven days a week and it, it was actually relentless. James started to develop anxiety, which he hadn't had before. And he turned to alcohol for relief. Like he would always be a social drinker, but it became something that was a crutch, not just social. He would say that he couldn't get through the day without some sort of relief in the form of alcohol to deal with the pressure of the day. But the more he drank, the worse the anxiety got because then he would wake up feeling hung over the next day. And so then he'd have to drink more. So then it became such a vicious circle. And then he he turned to sleeping pills to help him sleep. So it just exacerbated the whole thing and became, you know, an addiction, not only to alcohol, but starting to be also prescription drugs. It really got out of control. And then the other part that he would live in this world of shame and isolation and secrecy, you know, he didn't tell anybody about how much pain he was in or the pressure he was under. I could see it, but I didn't know to what degree. And even his girlfriend, that she was, they lived together and she didn't know. And so he would just bottle this all up. It was really awful, but I knew as a mother that there was something really wrong. So I flew to Ontario from Calgary probably 10 times over the course of a year, trying to help him, trying to find answers, trying to basically starting out trying to fix him, to be honest, thinking that I would come to the rescue, which I, of course, learned since that that's not that's not the way it works. But we went on three occasions to different places, to the hospital and to two clinics. And in each time they turned us away as soon as they heard the word anxiety. So. That was really hard. Anyway, it it turned out that over the journey, I also had to learn about compassion and acceptance of the situation. And I think us parents sometimes feel that our children's behavior is a reflection on our parenting. And so we're trying to fix things and cover things up as opposed to just taking a look at the situation, maybe even stepping back from it and acknowledging that this can happen to any of us, that we're all human 
and that we don't look for trouble, but we are finding a way to cope. And that was exactly what was happening with James. But it really is difficult as a parent to watch your child self-destruct and to feel helpless in the whole equation. But there wasn't anything I could do except for love James. And I did say to him, and I think an important piece of this was I spoke honestly to him. I'm not afraid of difficult conversations. And so I would be kindly about how I would say things, but I would always would also speak my truth. And one of the things was, you know, after observing what I had seen, this kind of roller coaster pattern, that there was no question if James had kept going, he would die. The withdrawals from alcohol are really brutal and and really uh, dangerous, especially if it's not done in a controlled way. And he would have died if he had kept going on these binges that he was doing. The other thing, the other approach that I had, and that was just because I wanted to understand and I'm curious nature, is I would ask him questions. Is how do you feel or why do you do this? Without judging, the why question is a bit, it sounds like a bit of a judgment, but he got to know that I would just ask him questions because I wanted to understand. And he could feel that there was no judgment in that. And I think that that was huge in keeping the lines of communication open. So I thought because COVID had started and they were isolated, you know, everything shut down. James was always a sports guy. And he said, well, maybe, you know, you could get a bike. Because I was thinking maybe, you know, for your birthday, I could get, get you a bike. Well, his birthday wasn't until July. This was in March. And really what I was saying was, you know, maybe it would be a good idea if you got some exercise. So sure enough, he went to Costco, he bought a bike and then fell in love with it. He hadn't been on a bike since he was probably 10 years old. He started to ride every day and he now like builds trails and he gives back to the community because he loves it. And now all these people are coming to this park where he keeps building these trails and people are so happy. And so He's created fun for himself. He's developed skills. He watches hundreds of hours of YouTube videos, and now he helps other people. So he basically created a new life for himself. And he also said, Mom, I love you. I've had so much support, and, you know, I'm so grateful for that. But he said, basically, it was up to me to make that decision. So I learned that and realized that you can only love your family members, and that's something that if I was giving any advice, I would say that. Anyway, we talk a lot now about what James learned and about the idea of compassion and how much we judge without realizing. We look at people that are on the street or drug addicts or whatever it is, and we think, you know, well, or we think to ourselves, well, just stop. Just just don't take drugs. Just don't drink anymore. Because, but I don't think we understand the complexity. I know we don't understand the complexity and the level of pain that people are in because they don't choose to mix and mess up their life and they don't choose to be unhappy. But unfortunately, it can be a really slippery slope and it can happen very quickly. So we are very grateful. I am very grateful. And I know James is, too, because he's just turned his life around through this biking and being busy and making a difference to his community He feels great. He looks great. And he said to me, he was at the golf course the other day and he went into the men's room and looked at himself in the mirror and he was happy at what he saw. And he said he would do that before 
and he would never look at himself because he had so much shame. So it just shows you the progress. But the point is circumstances play such a huge role in our lives. And that's like what Anita said. We really need to pay attention to how we're feeling about things and express it and be honest with ourselves and other people and then maybe find ways to to change. You know, maybe you can't change everything overnight, but you can make small changes. It's just been quite a journey for which I am very grateful of the way it turned out. I just, we would like to share our story and I know each, each story is different and some are more complex than others, but I have to believe that there's an answer for everyone. It's just a matter of time and support and education and hope. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Santi, for sharing your very insightful and inspiring story, story that actually ends so well. And as a mother who wants to help her son, I can completely appreciate what you were going through. And I can't even imagine, actually, what you, can, what you went through. But being there for the person, just supporting them, it's so important. And, and talking about it, giving people examples like this, I think it's very important. So people actually feel more open about their emotions. It's such an inspiring story, very touching and very helpful. I hope, uh, you know, uh, your son will stay very active and happy and share his story to others. Uh, Sandy, just to finish, I would like to ask you, what advice would you give to somebody who struggles but doesn't know what to do and where to go? Well, I'll start by saying that I don't ever pretend to be any kind of expert. I'm just a mother that experienced, that went on a journey with my son, and I know every situation is different. But I would say if we can just love people unconditionally, then we're doing our jobs. The other thing is to talk about it, to try to keep the communication going and to educate ourselves, to try to understand what causes the pain and then we can relate better and be more compassionate. I think CMHA was something that I just, well, I didn't even stumble on. I didn't even know about CMHA, but my friend, from Victoria said, well, have you called CMHA? And I said, what's CMHA? So I called them and the lady that answered was amazing, especially after we had had these experiences where people turned us away. She was so welcoming and kind and compassionate and saying, look, there's all kinds of help. Every situation is different. We are not going to judge whatever you need. We're here. And it was like a prayer answered to tell you the truth. And so I think when you don't know where to turn, you turn to people that know what they're doing. I would say donate to CMHA. That would be my other advice, because then we can keep these programs going and help as many Canadians and people as possible. And then the other thing, too, I would say if we can find some fun in our lives, not to say that that's going to change addiction, but maybe that just puts us in a better mental space, you know, and exercise because if we're moving and that's my new thing is just outdoors and moving I don't have to be you know running marathons or you know being the 30 pounds lighter I just have to be happy and moving and outdoors and I think that that's huge I know that that has made all the difference in James's life it's been quite a journey well, thank you, Sandy, for uh, sharing the story. It's so impactful, and I really hope that 
it's a great example for for some people to share their stories, to talk about mental health. I think this is one of the good things that came out of the pandemic that we started paying attention to our mental health as well as our physical health. It's as important. And uh, also would like to remind employees we have Siemens Employee Assistance Program. So if you really feel like you need to talk to someone about uh, mental health or if you have a family member or friend who you would like to help, please reach out to your local HR person or talk to your manager. We do have resources at Siemens as well. And I hope uh, this conversation on the mental health topic will continue in the next few months. It's so important to all of us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Kate. Thank you for listening to In Conversation With by Siemens Canada. Keep up to date with all of our latest episodes. 